the conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody who's I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat your children. It was just banter. Stay off the weed. And England win on penalties. History in itself. You know, I think it's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old wins. I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? Balls are fun. I understand. Call the ticket quickly, Reggie! Yeah! Yes, good match. No money's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we get the boat. Hello and welcome to episode 186 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron. Joined today by Tom Kennett, Jack Carper and Alex Jones. Another full house as we are these days. We should have Troy back soon. I should actually have Troy... Well, I was going to say all to myself. Sounds a bit weird saying <laughs> I should be seeing Troy for the first time in a while next week on my week off. So I'll endeavour to get something recorded with him then. I'm sure he's got plenty to say that he can get off his chest. So we'll get on to that and we'll have had the FA Cup final. So... Maybe good things to say or bad things to say, but we'll get into that a little later on. Could be a tough tough pod for the pair of you. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure Troy will want to talk about the cricket. And as I'm a cricket connoisseur these days, <laughs> he couldn't have chosen a better person to chat about it with. Would you I'm say a purist? Expert. Are you a purist, though? Yeah. <laughs> I would. I mean, I've heard more this week about uh, the effects of saliva on the ball. <laughs> There's um, so many different tactics to that as well. Putting a polo in your mouth and letting the sugar dissolve the ball so you can make it swing. The Jesus quality Christ. of the wicket, whether you're bat first or second, because you might get a bit more rubber the green, as they say. Maybe that's where the saying comes from. I'm not too sure. To be but, fair, that does explain, last time I was around Byron's actually, I saw on his laptop he was looking like saliva on balls or something on Google. So <laughs> that explains it. That was cheap. Very cheap. <laughs> Especially for... 6.21 on a Monday. But <laughs> news of the week, and then we've got our end-of-year review. So, I mean, the less said about our predictions before this season, maybe the better. But Oh, Christ. We'll go into our review. I've got some Premier League years, but I did it about 2 a.m. last night. So we're set there, and we'll kind of just see how things go. So, news of the week. Start things off as we mean to go on. Man fined for pretending to be a ghost in Portsmouth Cemetery. <laughs> I, don't, I love like there's actually there must be a law to say that you can't do that if he's been fined. <laughs> Maybe it's one of them where it's like in bad taste, but they've just got something where they've thrown the book at him. Rule 37B: You can't do this in a cemetery. So there's probably some rules. There's probably some rules in play after everybody was dressing up with clowns those years ago. So I cannot dress <laughs> up as any horror character. <laughs> well, maybe he was asking for money from the grave. So you never really, you don't know what he was doing. That's what happens when you don't read further than the headline. 
And it's funny Alex should have mentioned that because the next headline, Insane Clown Posse teams up with Chris Hansen to catch an alleged sexual predator. That's brilliant. I need And that took me a lot not to click that. (laughs) <laughs> I can imagine is that one that you'd go back to after you've done the pod so you can click on it I usually forget it's like uh, it's, Ron it's Burgundy reading the news as it pops up on the screen like once yeah. we've had the podcast the news is like gone I feel like that's something that would stick in your mind though So well, there's only a yeah. few that stay in my mind the man with the scotch eggs is like stuck with me <laughs> and that man if you can recall that was uh, trying to get himself off on his lunch break with the machinery and his ball flew into the ceiling rafters. <laughs> Christ. But I, I've got a great image of Chris Hansen who's been sat in the kitchen. <laughs> saying, Hi, I'm Chris Hansen, and this is the Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> T- take a seat. Uh, shark pulls 10-year-old from fishing boat in Australia. Dad jumps in to save him, and the shark flees. <laughs> That's maybe something that you don't understand until parenthood, because... As much as I love you all dearly, if a shark has one of you, I'm assuming <laughs> your race has been run. There's nothing much I can contribute here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like taking my dad's harder than your dad to an absolute extreme. <laughs> made a shark <laughs> flee in fear. No one's ever winning that again, are they? Pet chameleon finally caught after eight months on the run. <laughs> I like that one. That that's just a wholesome one. It's my favourite film. It may well be my favourite one of the week. Jamaican Darth Vader claims ninety-five million lottery prize. So you could be really cheap here and try and do an impression, but I'm not going to be no. the one that goes past that. We'll line. save that for Keenan on Thursday pod. <laughs> Two brothers and one woman ordered 12 McDonald's sandwiches after a vicious triple murder. <laughs> Hungry work, Calif- that murder. California woman claims masks won't stop COVID-19 since pants don't contain farts. She might be onto something there. <laughs> that, that is some logic. Uh, woman tried hiring someone to kill her ex-husband on rentahitman.com, Michigan police say. I feel like that is probably the biggest, like, fed setup website. It's like flowers, <laughs> flowers by Irene. It's like, nice try, officer. Not today. Uh, New Zealand man arrested for stealing human toes from dead body exhibit. Wow. One for you out here, actually, Alex. Um, man steals three foot forty pound dildo from adult store in <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> Uh, not even going to rise to it. <laughs> you don't need to rise to it. You've got something three foot there. <laughs> Ogden man arrested for printing porn at Walmart for the homies who are locked up. Brilliant. That's such fine. A, Go on. I was just going to say that's such old tech, isn't it? Like <laughs> having, having porn printed out. Well, there was the kid who we went to school with who printed some out for his DT homework, if you remember. <laughs> What, it crept? Yeah. What an innovator. Yeah, I'm trying to remember this. He's thinking he was compared to Quagmire. Ah, yes, no, I do remember this. (laughs) Just off that, that seems a fair comparison. (laughs) Yeah. And finally, if you thought the uh, shark was impressive, 
82-year-old Japanese woman fends off bear attack by punching it and knocking it down. <laughs> get her in the ring. How is she going to knock out a bear? What can't she uh, saw... Get her up against the guy who took the shark on. We'll see who wins. <laughs> yeah. She could have been Tyson's opponent. <laughs> I saw uh, I saw a news article on Sky News the other day of a woman taking a selfie with a bear. I assume it was at the same person. Like took a selfie and then threw a, threw a cheap shot. They was we'll get them together. It wasn't there who um, had a limb bitten off where he was trying to take a selfie with something through a cage in a zoo. I think we did it on News of the Week, maybe a year what? or so ago. <laughs> what? Um, was that? Wasn't it was like a just... lion or something. They tried yeah. like leaning through the fence. Wasn't it? Wasn't that just like a prequel of the Tiger King? Maybe it was. I remember being, them being more sympathetic for that woman at the start of Tiger King, who essentially they just kind of brush it off. <laughs> By the way, this did happen. Did her arm bitten off, but she carried on working, and then they kind of move on. Maybe we certainly knew about the Tiger King before it was mainstream. Maybe. I was some power that. Um... Joe Exotic had that she still carried on working from after <laughs> she thought you know what it wasn't his fault yeah and he's, his first reaction was I'm never going to find out <laughs> yeah, yeah and nobody and, seemed uh, to pick up on this everyone just seems to be like well, he's a bit of a character isn't he so we'll carry on I just find it hilarious when like his first port of call was to like throw on his like medical practitioner's jacket <laughs> <laughs> as if like that would give him special powers <laughs> so if we go on to the Premier League to give us a little run through of the season before we get into it, I have done my own version of the Premier League year's headlines. Um, Jack's been sending me some, but his do seem to be quite limited to Corona plus Chelsea. So I'm not <laughs> sure if there's any more to come from there. Hey, my Man United, I want to read out my Man United one then, if you're going to bad mind me on that. Hey, we'll nice. get there. We're going to go through chronologically. So okay. we he can start that in August. No, honestly... I'll read. I'll read the two before. I'll read the two before. At this point, when I did say it, there was a clear theme. Uh, if we start all the way back in August, the Amazon was on fire, and so were Liverpool as they kicked off the season with a four-one <laughs> win against Norwich. Cracking. Uh, into September, climate activist Greta Thunberg scolds world leaders, how dare you for not addressing climate change at the UN Climate Action Summit in New York. And Pep Guardiola had similar words for his players as they fell to a 3-2 defeat against <laughs> I feel like that should be a lot longer ago than it is. Yeah. This year, like, this year has gone so slowly. It has, and more so when you... Was Xhaka being booed off against Palace? Was that this season? I was trying to think of this yesterday without Googling. Yeah, because I remember listening to it on the pod because I wasn't on because I'd moved into my house that week. I was painting. I had the pod on. That was mental. And I, I remember moving in. That was like seven months ago now. On to October. Uh, Todd Phillips' Joker hit cinemas in the UK, but the biggest smile could be found on Steve Bruce's face as his Newcastle side secured victory against Solskjaer's United. Someone's rustling through the bushes again, and it looks like it's Jack. I told you. My apologies. Does he do his podcast in the garden? <laughs> he gets no. banished outside. <laughs> no, I get, I get sent upstairs to do it, so then I have my headphones on. It just rubs against my T-shirt, I think. I'll go on mute for when I'm not speaking. Or get a little paperclip. I did say this to Sean because, I mean, I've said this to you. If Sean was on, it would be him I'd be saying it to. So. You should have said... 
the whole of last week I was in like a stress position. It was like SAS. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like holding the microphone above my head. Like, well, that was the practice to being still. Yeah. Um, 24 like... hour Macarena then should be a breeze. <laughs> Very true. Uh, November. I have one for October if you want it. Oh, go on. Yeah. Yes. Protesters were killed in Hong Kong, but it was St. Mary's that witnessed the biggest atrocity in October. Southampton went down 9 0 to Leicester. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I saw some headlines about like car bombs and things. I thought, is this too cheap? I think I've say... stepped enough close to the line whilst not going over. <laughs> My next one here for November. <laughs> Britain's Prince Andrew refuted claims he had sex with a 17-year-old connected to sex offender and friend Jeffrey Epstein. But the toughest questions would be answered in North London, as both Mauricio Pochettino and Unai Emery were both sacked from their respective clubs. Brilliant. I, I, I like your thinking. I've gone along similar lines here. <laughs> Prince Andrew caught the headlines with his interview over for Jeffrey Epstein, but it was Jose Mourinho who had the biggest fall from grace as he took charge of Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, December. Boris Johnson's Conservative Party won the British general election in a landslide victory. And a landslide victory also appeared on Merseyside as Liverpool put five past Everton. Yeah, I've also gone for this, actually. Boris Johnson was elected Prime Minister, but it was Nigel Pearson who would take over the biggest shambles in the country as he took over at Watford. <laughs> <laughs> January. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow began selling vagina-scented candles, and a huge gash could also be found in the Chelsea defence. <laughs> Arsenal fought back with ten men to snatch a point at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> <Back in. laughs> There wasn't so much for these later months. I've got... Uh, do you have any for January, TK? No, I've got one other one for February. That was it. All right. February, I could did these prior to this. <laughs> yeah. YouTubers Jake Paul and Gib went to war in Miami. And old rivals Mourinho and Guardiola squared off again with the Spurs man leaving Guardiola out for the count. Lovely. It's all right, a drink. Do you have one for February, do you say? Yeah, I got one for February. Yeah. Us with it. Australia was up in flames, but his Watford who were on fire in February as they ended Liverpool's unbeaten run. <laughs> uh, March. Uh, album photo romped to a second straight Gold Cup victory at the Cheltenham Festival, and Liverpool recorded a 22nd consecutive home win to head into the enforced break for coronavirus with a 25-point lead. Uh, on to June, that was when the season restarted. And I took inspiration from News of the Week, actually. A parrot who heard victims' last words was called to give was called to give evidence in a rape and murder trial. But the most gruesome scenes could be found at the Etihad, where Arsenal were put to the sword by Man City as the season restarted. <laughs> and finally, July. Experts say competitive hot dog eaters are nearing the limit of human performance. And the same can be said for Klopp's Liverpool side as they eventually lifted the Premier League trophy following some ropey performances. <laughs> we summed up the season nicely there. Jack, hit us with yours. And hit us with your previous two, to get, which gave me my uh, right. thinking, and then hit us with the one after. Um, okay, I'm trying to find the one before, but I've got one. After COVID-19 had stopped much of the season, it was another number 19 that affected Chelsea's season with Mason Mount opened the scoring against Wolves in the final day. <laughs> Boring. I, I, don't know, I, don't know where, I don't know where the other one is. I've got it. COVID put a stop to the Premier League season, but that's not stopping the mood at Stamford Bridge being contagious as Frank Lampard secured a top four finish. 
You can see my theory here. Yeah. Yeah. My, my other one was with COVID-19 still a problem. Man United started the final day having been awarded 19 penalties so far this season. Not for long, though, as Martial went down for number 20. I feel like I was making them up on the spot. I didn't give much thought to them. I was just doing... <laughs> I was doing... You text me saying... I, I like them. I enjoyed them. Like, it just, just went, I, mean, it. I did ask Alex, and he replied with Mourinho's Tottenham bus tours stalled. <laughs> yeah, you t- I, that was in reply to a text, and I've asked AJ, and he just doesn't get it. So I was just... I was just replying with the ones that I would use at the time. <laughs> Don't you worry. I appreciate I appreciate the contribution. It's good material. Look, Corona's a big thing. It's going to be a story. <laughs> As is Gwyneth Paltrow's snatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect that. Nah. nah no, at 2am as I was uh, googling slang words, saw some things which I... If anyone's referring to your box as that... <laughs> they're not being friendly at 2am you're up searching gash the things you do for the pod <laughs> exactly exactly I feel like the pod was secondary on this one no, it's <laughs> you, gash, you don't want to see that <laughs> just stumbled upon going to his gash <laughs> well, this would be good for the pod <laughs> she she struck me as someone before the last year that was quite like shy and reserved yeah Christ maybe because she was settled down with Chris Martin which I just kind of had that impression and then he moved on to Jennifer Lawrence, so maybe he did have a type in it. Was for the wild things. <laughs> Still rolls me that does. Rebounding with Jennifer Lawrence is outrageous. <laughs> what do you think you had a chance by? Well, if Chris Martin does, <laughs> I don't think I'm the cheeriest of people. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too chirpy, and I've got a good singing voice, so and not like yellow, so it's a perfect match. <laughs> Premier League end of season awards here we go then this is the one the players are tuning in for and no better place to start really than with the player of the year Alex kick us off with yours I got Virgil van Dijk do you want me to elaborate or yeah go on <laughs> if you would no, I, think, I, think it's easy, I think it's easy to give it to a forward um, I know, obviously, you can mention a lot of the Liverpool boys in this respect, but I think, you know, title victories are built on defences. Um, and I think Virgil van Dijk, as we know, has been... Um, I mean, when you look at the goal difference between um, uh, City and Liverpool, obviously there is a bit of a gap there, but that isn't obviously a reflection on Liverpool's defensive performance. Um, I just think... Ultimately, if you were to take the one player out of that Liverpool squad that would probably have the most effect on the rest of the team, um, it would be Virgil van Dijk. Um, you know, we've seen City cope without Kevin De Bruyne before, um, and we've seen Liverpool cope without uh, front three one at a time, um, and uh, we've seen them cope without Trent. But uh, yeah, I think Virgil van Dijk is effectively the the key column in the title-winning side, and it's just an easy pick, really. If we go to you next, Jack, because I'm almost scared to hear this. No, I've gone for Kevin De Bruyne. I'm pretty mainstream, but when you, dive <laughs> into, when you dive into his stats of 13 goals and 20 assists, two being disallowed dubiously, so he would have, could have hit Terry Henry's record. I think in a faltering City side at the back, where they weren't as dominant as they have been, one player has shone out. I think... The Liverpool win was probably more of a team performance that we've seen 
more than like individual brilliance. I think it's just the brilliance of the team as a whole. I understand Van Dyke's actual like contribution to that team and how solid he has made them. And I'm not skating over that fact. I just think in a City team that hasn't been as dominant as they have been in recent years, I think De Bruyne really did sh- like shine. De Bruyne's helps you not have to give it to a Liverpool player as well, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> that as well. I've gone with the football writers and I do think Jordan Henderson was the right pick. I know what Alex said about Van Dijk and if you take him out. I thought the same could be said for when you took Jordan Henderson out of that midfield and he was really was kind of the, the piece that allowed the other pieces of the midfield to do what they do best. And leading from the front as the captain, I thought he is the rightful pick for being their player of the year. Who did you go for, TK? Because I remember we did a podcast probably about six months ago where we were debating who could be player of the year. And that was because of a headline suggesting that Henderson could be that and the outrage that followed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, I've, I've kind of considered all three that you've picked and uh, been deliberating over a bit. I don't quite understand the outrage of Henderson when it, in terms of, I think the reasoning is fairly clear. Uh, I think he's at least in the argument, even if you don't necessarily agree with it. Um but I, I probably wouldn't give it to him. I was thinking, I mean, I'm in two minds, really. The the Van Dyke one, he could be kind of guilty of, you'll understand this, Brian, of the sort of LeBron syndrome, yeah. where pretty much, as long as Liverpool are winning it, he probably is the best player on the best team. And so, therefore, if he was the most valuable player, I think it would be him, for example. I think not only, as Alex said, you, if you take him out of Liverpool, do they not have the success? I think if you put him into another team, so if you put him into that Chelsea team, for example... I think they'd be automatic contenders straight away. Um, and you can say that probably for a lot of the chasing packs. So I do think you could give it to him sort of any year that Liverpool do run it, but I do think De Bruyne has had an unbelievable year, even in sort of moments where he hasn't sort of played. He's in the games where he has played, I think he's been by far and away the best player in the league. So I think the only way you couldn't give it to him is if someone had a, a freakish year like Salah had in his first year, for example. But I think as as it is now, uh, I wouldn't have any arguments with De Bruyne getting it. I thought it maybe I thought it would have been Trent if it wasn't Henderson, and I imagine there's probably a lot of Liverpool players in the dressing room that think it could have been them. Themselves. And then then a lot of people are making the case for Mane because he's had a good year. But yeah, then Salah scored more goals than him, so then are you going to say well, actually he's done? But so as Jack kind of said, it's very hard to pinpoint one player in Liverpool, isn't it? Really. There's, it's kind of has been a team and a system that's kind of got them to where they are. Um, if you had to pick the best player, I'd, I'd pick Van Dijk every day of the week. But there's so many that you could give them on to. Whereas in a year where I don't think a lot of the City stars have lived up to it, I think the Bruins has been as good as ever. They should do it in the way like you do um, with kids 11 aside with the end of year where you've just got the manager at the front or someone giving a speech where you don't know who it's going to be until they do say at the end. So, <laughs> yeah. because I remember one year at Brockworth with it being coach's player. And as it was being explained, I was genuinely convinced it was me. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to like smiling, looking at putting your head down because you don't want people to see you smiling. <laughs> and that you could be the one getting this here. <laughs> oh, I can't remember who it went to, but I deserved it personally. <laughs> but the, the little look down and smile like <laughs> you think People everyone's done it. looking at you like it's got to be him hasn't it 
It's got to be him this year. When we talk about a good attitude, there. a different position being taken, turning up every week, and I thought, this really is. I'm finally <laughs> being recognised. But no, it wasn't. Maybe you could say that I'm the Van Dyke in this situation. <laughs> You've been penalised. Yeah, exactly. Expected of you. Uh, going along with what you said about Van Dyke might actually apply to this next one. So for manager of the year, and if we go to you first this time, Jack, who do you think should be manager of the year this year? So I've got a tie. And this one, <laughs> you might... I don't know, you will have some of the servers. So, well, I think I know if one of them is then. <laughs> yeah. it's, Chris, it's Chris Wilder is one. And Frank Lampard is one. Oh, oh my word. Jesus <laughs> And there's oh, actually there's re- there's reasoning behind this. Yeah, so, cool, there is. Obviously Chris Chris Wilder we all had we, everyone had Sheffield in well, everyone on the party did their predictions had Sheffield to go down and go down in flames really I had the bottom I think yeah <laughs> no no one knew anyone in their team and I don't think anyone still knows many people in their team <laughs> um, I think like to be getting goals out of like Ollie McBurney and McGoldrick and players Lord like that Lundstrom yeah and you just think Everyone said, oh, what? He's coming into the Premier League and he's got this overlapping centre-back tactic. He's going straight down. What is he thinking about? And then the season went on. If it wasn't for this lockdown and their momentum being completely stifled, I reckon they could have given a top four a really good run for for their money. Mm. Don't disagree Um, what you're saying about this. I'm just interested in how (laughs) Lampard's done an equal job. (laughs) He's going to tee this up. (laughs) So, Frank Lampard, again, none of our... None of the people in the pod had Chelsea in the top four other than me. I think the top four achievement is a lot harder to get than just finishing mid-table or just staying up, etc. I feel that losing the best player and having a transfer ban and getting a very inexperienced team for the majority part of the season has only been playing the old heads in the latter stages. I feel that to do to achieve top four when you got Spurs coming off the back of a Champions League final, Man United spending 200 million last transfer window, um, other teams strengthening. I just think it's an achievement that really has to be taken note of, personally. His first season in the top flight as a manager, his second season in total being a manager, I think it's just a really good achievement if you take it all into account. The average age of this young Chelsea team is older than four of the top six. Again, I did say that in the latter stages of the season, they have been going to Giroud's, Jorginho's. Um, and don't forget, throughout most of the seasons, well, we had ridiculous injuries where we have forced him to play Pedro, who's just got no legs left. So forced him see... to play in a bloke who's won more honours than most of the Premier League combined. I'm not saying that he hasn't won honours. I'm just saying that your point where... To say that we've got an average old age, yeah, we do. But that was half of our battle, an age and squad, a squad with mental. young inexperience. <laughs> I, I, right, I'm not, I'm not going to say... So, Frank Lampard has had a good season. Like, I'm not going to take that away from him. But to put him up there as the top, like the manager of the season, talking him in that light, is, a bit, is, one, is like a step too far. Like, in, in all I think honesty, it might be a couple of steps too far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it... You've got to look at it, but I think you're disregarding the fact, like you mentioned about Tottenham, um, sort of, you know, doing better than Tottenham. Tottenham you're not been, saying Jose, are you? 
No, God, no. <laughs> for, for, for his interviews, 100%. But the, um, but you sort of, we've had a terrible season. We've been really bad. So I don't think, you know, saying that doing better than Tottenham will come off the back of a Champions League final doesn't really mean much because we've just performed terribly. I'd say you got quite lucky that Leicester really fell away just at, like when it mattered at the end. Because... Um, in all honesty, you could still make an argument, I think, for Brendan Rodgers being a, above Lampard in his performance this season. I mean, you look at those two squads and, quite frankly, Chelsea's is better than Leicester's. I don't think we can anybody can disagree with that. Hmm. I think just, it makes it worse that he said it was tied with Wilder because essentially you're saying the job that Wilder did was coming up from the Championship <laughs> and competing for a year and being played is as difficult as what Lampard has done with a top four finishing team to then well, it's, it's, do it's just show, as good. It's shown in the fact that where Arsenal have finished, where Spurs have finished, Chelsea have arguably had a worse pre-season because they couldn't buy anyone. You bought Pepe for 72 million. You had Spurs, like I said... Neither like of us not, are saying that our manager's a manager no, of the year. No, but what, <laughs> but what I'm saying... What I'm saying is, last season, these were all teams that were around about the same league spacings, around about the same achievements last season. However, losing Ch- Chelsea losing their best player and having to adapt without him, has to be a out. for about 10 goals and assists a season. Again, it's not so much his goal contributions, it's, it's just his all-round play that brought other players into the game. I think to bridge that, well, to fill that gap of not having him, plus... You said how bad it can go for other potential top four challenges in your Spurs and Arsenal for Frank to not get drawn into that mediocrity and to really still push and achieve a top four and a cup final in his first season, which I can't remember the last time Spurs were in a cup final. The cup final is not relevant to this conversation. We're talking about the Premier League. I'm just saying, in in part, the transfer ban isn't just a thing that happened to be placed. So you shouldn't really be rewarded for that happening when Chelsea not, brought that on themselves. I'm not. I'm not I'm saying that we should be rewarded. I'm just well, we had our transfer ban. I'm, I'm not self-imposed. I'm not saying that the, the transfer ban was something to be celebrated. I'm just saying he did it in spite of Frank wasn't there when it was given. He's had to work around that. So he couldn't bring in the players. That, didn't have the opportunity to bring in players that he wanted. He had to work with what he had. And I feel as a coach to achieve a top four finish with. Loads of players from loads of different regimes. He's good. I think we were told this is what Lampard wanted. He wanted to bring these young players through. I think you're making Chelsea sound like they were a relegation battling. Compared to a team that literally was yeah. a relegation, not a team that was. What, so, what place did most of us tip Chelsea to finish? Uh, the lowest was probably. Six, European, I think. Like if you, place? if no, if you listen back through the podcast which I did the other day, no lower than eight. <laughs> I think I'm the only one who said they've come outside the top six. I think no, people might have been sick. I think I said I think they could fall out of it. It ranged between six and ninth. I'm not sure that's true. Go back through it. I think it was Connor. Then most of us then tipped Sheffield, so they've come about ten places higher. Whereas Chelsea have come two or three, and we're putting <laughs> it on the same level. It would have been better if you just hadn't mentioned Wilder. Do you think I think, I think that was him trying to be reasonable. Also? I think if he thought, if I mention Wilder, it seems like I'm being reasonable here, but really I want Frank. 
did you expect pushback when you mentioned this? That's one of the things I'm interested in here. Or did you think that this you were going to just kind of sneak this in and Evan would be cool with it? <laughs> Is he gone? He's muted himself. He, he's he's oh, speechless. Shit, I'm on mute. Yeah. It's like I was having a work call and I was like talking about some music. He's gone ranting. Um, I can't fucking believe this. No, no. The pushback I completely expected. 100% I expected it. I think the way I weighed it up is that Klopp and Guardiola, you were expected to be challenging for the top, the top two. And whoever didn't win the Premier League would be an underachiever in that sense with the amount that City have spent and the amount that Liverpool pushed City last season. So they weren't overachievers or underachievers in my eyes they were just, that's their expected finishing place you've got Brendan Rodgers the reason why I didn't mention Brendan Rodgers is because he was what 13 or 14 points clear in third and he's just flopped it's a bit like he did with Liverpool in the sense that he got Brendan, the, can't catch a break. yeah it got to the business end of the season he just completely bottled it and you to be in that position to get himself there yeah it's great but to not sustain it I feel is something not worthy of being manager of the season. I think um, it was tough outside of Wilder, Klopp, and if you really wanted to force someone else in, it would probably be Nuno, but he's done yeah. himself out of that in the last two, three weeks. Again, it's the, the sustainability part of it. It's great to get yourself in that position, but ultimately all that matters is where you finish. And that's what you've got to base this decision on. We should be giving it to Klopp then. Well, like I said to you before, if Liverpool didn't win it, they'd be underachieving. If City or Liverpool win it, that's their expected, like, that's where they would expect to be at that point in time. So, well, so the, the, I, I had Chris Wilder, TK, who did who did you have for this? Well, on the basis of what you said, Klopp also didn't buy anyone in the summer either. So, on, if that's the metric. No, but I'm saying the way... Chelsea bought Comrades for 40 million, in fact, but... Yeah, where you finished but, last season? Um, no, but I, I'm just I'm just saying if the metric is didn't get the chance to spend anything in the summer, is the I, I know what you mean. Liverpool obviously should be finishing higher than Chelsea this year. That's a a fair one. I think it's the fact that before the season started, everyone was saying that Chelsea going to finish mid table. This could spell real trouble, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yeah, I, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think that's just because I've. I guess I kind of agree with where AJ is at, where I think it is an achievement for Chelsea to come forth. I just don't think it's quite as big as being billed. But I don't think the, they would be underestimated quite as much. Like, for example, I thought if anyone could drop out of the top six, it could be Chelsea, but I didn't think they're for 10th. I thought they'll be in and around, you, you know, six or No, seven. but you're, re- you, you're a reasonable person. If you kind I thought of you quoted... At... Yeah, some, some people, I know, I know what you mean, are, are reactionary, aren't they? Yeah. I was about well, to say some people United say, say like Arsenal, Arsenal top really four. I thought you quoted... I thought you quote Tom TK. You you said um, you could see Leicester dropping out. I'm pretty sure, not Chelsea. No, I said I thought Leicester would be jumping in, which at one point yeah. looked a really good take. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. underestimated Brendan. Well, to um, be fair, I think, you, I, I, think said I said Everton top, top six. six so. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the other highlight of what Jack just said is he couldn't remember the last time Tottenham got to a cup final. So he literally can't remember 14 months ago. FA Cup final, I meant. Oh, sorry. Fair enough. Um, yeah, to be honest, I've, I thought Wilder was a fairly easy shout. I think you can always make the case for whoever wins the league. So Klopp's obviously there or thereabouts. But I'd have Wilder ahead of him. And I'd still have Brendan and Nuno ahead of him, to be honest. Uh, I think they've still done a great job. Leicester weren't far off getting it. Um, 
I think, like Jack said, with the pandemic hit in Sheffield, I do think without it, Leicester still would have got over the line. I think they haven't come back well from it, but you know, look, that's, you've got to. Everyone had the same sort of thing, so you've got to deal with it. You deal with it, but that doesn't mean they've still had a great season. If you told me to start the season, Leicester come fifth, I would have thought Brendan was there or thereabouts, manager of the year. So, I think any of those could. And then after that, it's probably Frank. I think who's your pick, Alex? I did have Chris Wild, and I mentioned a lot of I Klopp as well, just for easy <sighs> options. I, I I did give the shout out to Brendan, but I did concede that I. It did in the end. The standard that he set pre-COVID ultimately did played come himself. Back to, yeah, he played himself because he, he he dropped out when he mattered the most. I mean, they you know, they did get injured at bad times as well with Madison and Sherwood. Yeah, etc. yeah, they did. They did. I mean, like the, I think the the loss against United at the end was you know bad, but I think it's you know more the fact that we managed to beat them. You know, that's a that's a game which they really should should have been put into bed when it mattered. Realistically. Yeah. Really, you know, that was that was probably the decisive moment, the, the decisive game for them. Um, it would have been a different story otherwise. But I think yeah. I think quite telling here is, that, I mean, the next topic we had, Jack, was biggest overachiever, which team that is. So you're going to have to kind of put your nuts on the line. Is it Chelsea or is it Sheffield? No, nah, Sheffield, this one. Definitely Sheffield <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, I think you can't, as we touched on with, what we said before with Chris Wilder, I feel that the fact that we had everyone predicting to be rock bottom or at least go down, I think is a fantastic overachievement that they're even, where they finished 10th? Or ninth, 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 yeah. Ninth, yeah. To be, below us or have yeah. you uh, died? <laughs> to be top half the table and like I said, without COVID, their momentum, they would have finished mid, well, sixth, I reckon. But, I think because they were a newly promoted team, it was very much built momentum. And as soon as that momentum train stopped and they stopped playing games regularly and had that big break, I just thought they looked more of a newly promoted team, apart from when they played Chelsea and smashed us. So, that was yeah. a weird game, wasn't it, looking back now? That you was thought a... maybe that was them turning the corner or something, but no, it was literally just that one game in isolation. It was just great management, again, from Chris Wilder that... He knew exactly what we were going to do with the ball, as everyone does, and he just completely um, found a way through it. So, yeah, I think overachievement for me, Sheffield, definitely. Agreed. Does anyone disagree with Sheffield there? No, not at all. No, I'll partly shout to, um, and I should just mention this for the last bit, Steve Bruce at Newcastle. I think they've done well. Don't think this is a great squad. He's done well with them. Probably, if he didn't have a little run after this... um, lockdown probably could have finished a little bit higher than they did uh, similar thing with I've said it before but the job Roy does at Palace is great because they've got no real uh, I don't think they've got much right to be as safe as they are and I think they're a pretty shit team and if you had told to me that Zaha will have like how many goals has Zaha got like four or five goals four, this year four. if you told me he had that at Sarsenaz well they obviously finished rock bottom yeah. then. <laughs> so the fact that he's managed to keep them safe the whole time is I give mean, credit to both of them, but yeah, it's got to be wilder, isn't it? Biggest underachiever then. Should I go? Yeah, oh, go on. Two wants to go. Should I go? I'll go. Go on. Yeah, I've gone West Ham. Um, I've given Everton an honourable, well, dishonourable mention <laughs> in this. These two could just like have a yearly award for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but West Ham, the. <sighs> I heard an interview before the start of the season with David Sullivan and 
they were being touted that they're going right. We're going to really push for Europa spaces, push for t- <laughs> like top seven, <laughs> and they've actually ended up four points off getting relegated. And I just find it ridiculous that every season they seem to be, no matter like what stadium they're in, no matter who they've got, they had they started the season with a Premier League manager, and everyone was phoning up or tweeting their like complete elation with the fact that oh we've got a proper manager now we can really challenge for <laughs> like like top half finish and try and push for Europa League and just it just didn't happen and they just looked awful from the get-go really um and then they've gone back to David Moyes to kind of steady the ship and he's just scraped them through because what I still decided. don't really know how yeah I'm not entirely sure how it's happened but just, just everyone that, else is slightly worse but they picked up a couple of wins, didn't they? Well, I thought they'll like you don't back them. Yeah, in one the of them against Chelsea. <laughs> you don't back them. At all. Yeah, the Chelsea one. Maybe. I I, but I did back West Ham. Yeah, I was say I Jack did warn us. Yeah, I told you. I just knew. I just knew it. He did back every team against Chelsea in that <laughs> opening three four. He was shitting himself for the Norwich game for Chelsea. <laughs> and to be fair, apart from the Man City game, I was pretty much right. Even Norwich game was scary one nil. Um, signing of the season then. Oh, wait, wait, no, uh, we're not. Oh, yeah, any... sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got a bit of carry uh, yeah. on, Alex. I wanted to say um, it, it's now it's going to sound really harsh, but unfortunately, when you set such a high standard, I think you you know you've got to be you've got to be held to it, particularly with the resources and the uh, you know the players that they've still got there. I, I think you've got to say like Man City, you know, they think of the. Um, Think of their sort of um, their the squad that they've got in front of them. I mean, when we sort of you know joked around about when they could have the five subs after the whole COVID situation, you know they the the power that they have off the bench, the resources that that they've got there, you know, is massive. I mean, they're coming in considerably. It, it sounds ridiculous because they've got eighty-one points a season, but that is a drop off from last season by quite some way. And realistically, there really wasn't a title fight. Liverpool had it pretty. It was it was pretty done and dusted, you know. In terms of it, it was never really in doubt. I mean that that big hiccup where Man City might claw it back never really happened. And you know they, when you have such a high standard, with such a high caliber of player in your squad in abundance, I think you've got to be held accountable to that. To that, you know. It's oh, don't get me wrong. They're an amazing squad. They're finishing second, and you know. But they, you know, when you're not. When you're coming off the back of a, um, a, a title-defending season, you know they had really had no excuse not to go and put up a better fight. I, you know, am I sounding ridiculous, or is that a fair point? No, it's a totally fair point. And the only reason why I didn't come up with the same thing is because I just thought the mental stress of winning two leagues in a row, plus like eight domestic trophies in the last two years, or something ridiculous. I just thought they were going to have an off-season. Like you can't keep up that level of intensity and the fact that they got injuries to they didn't replace company they got injuries to Laporte they're playing like midfielders centre-backs I know with the amount of investment that they've put into that team which is just ridiculous they should be covering that I just feel that that's the reason why ultimately they fell short I also went for Man City for pretty much the same reasons as Alex thought that what they've got at their disposal plus if they lost by a point then fair enough, but they pretty much went with a whimper eventually once they realised that this might be a bit difficult. 
they just crumbled completely. So, but I mean, they had nine. I think it was nine losses, which is one more than United. Um, you know, and it's quite compared with previous records. That's quite some, you know, four um, compared with. I mean, what was the points record again? Was it hundred? The was it? What was the points record that they got? Because last season they got. It's 101 or 104. I can't remember. Yeah, something like that. And then last season, um, last season it was 97 points that they got. You know, that's a lot of points to drop. If you were to compare that to the likes of, you know, you know, the teams that are battling in, in around the top four area, you compare that to Arsenal and Tottenham, that's a similar sort of drop in points compared with the previous season. You know, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned Tottenham or Arsenal either, but, you know, I think uh, it's... It, it is what it is with them, I suppose. Mutually assured destruction, I think. You think you yes. both just agreed. If we don't mention the other one, then <laughs> well, then they won't bring it up. Yeah, maybe we can get out under the radar here we, until one of us, somebody want, lights one of us up, and then it's all bets are off. Well, you'll be happy to know I was going to reference both of them. I think both are in are very fortunate that they're not getting spoken about more. Cause I think they've both been atrocious. They both they've just been fortunate that Wolves and Sheffield have fallen away a little bit because. Otherwise, you could have been looking at ninth and tenth. Well, the bottom line is, is that atrocious. You categorize you you, you categorize you categorize Tottenham and Arsenal as a top six side based on the last few years. And Arsenal, we've got to change the name to the big six now because we can't call it the yeah, top yeah. six for God's sake. But Arsenal, Arsenal are outside the top six. Yeah. So it's you know they, if you were to say who's underachieved more, you'd, you'd go Arsenal. Humbly disagree when you look at the fact that we're in a cup final. <laughs> we're not talking about the cup final here, Luke. We're talking about the Premier League. Nah. Yeah, if no, we're no, talking it's... about underachieving, well, actually, Spurs aren't used to get. That's pretty <laughs> normal for Arsenal to be in a cup final, I suppose. Are you going to come up with anything original content-wise? <laughs> yes, I will. Um, Arsenal <laughs> was slated for not reaching the Champions League uh, last year. You saw the distress on all of the players' faces, the fact that they were in the Europa League. If we could just go to full-time at Spurs... <laughs> A huddle of Spurs staff jumping around, hugging and celebrating each other <laughs> and getting in the Europa League. It's one of the single most embarrassing things I've seen in all of my time following football. It was or, horrendous. Or, 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 and Jose to say, I was I celebrating was because when you look at the league table, we would have been fourth if, I was, if we just took it since I was there. Nah, I don't think so. I don't think it was a ridiculous thing at all because he's a manager who knows where he is, the squad that he's got in front of him, and he set an expectation and he achieves that expectation. Also, so his expectation was just to get into the Europa League. His expectation so was. What did you cite? Pot. It was what, no, what, once he assessed where he was and what he had at his resources, he set a target, and obviously that was it. That's why he was celebrating. And to be brutally honest, you're, you're talking like this is the same set of coaches and staff and manager that got to the Champions League final. This is an entirely new set of staff on a completely different journey now. They've got, you know, ultimately the, goal, the long-term goals are still the same, but from their perspective, they're probably no, on. But they're at a starting point compared to where, whereas if it was still Pochettino, it would be a fall from grace still. A year ago, you laughed at Arsenal for not reaching the Champions League with a war criminal in charge. <laughs> You've got supposedly one of the best managers in the world and you're celebrating seventh place. You can you can have a you can have you can have any manager, you know. Six, place, come on, let's have it right. Sixth on goal difference. Sixth place. And you're celebrate jumping around having a huddle. 
po- posting pictures celebrating in the dressing room. The, 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 well, I don't think the players were doing that. You'd be making no, they that were. Happen. They uploaded a picture celebrating in the dressing room. <laughs> go, on the, their, go on the players' Instagrams and have a look. Let's have a look then. Do you want to pause? Will you have Give, a me an example. Give me an example. Give me an example. Whose photos did you see, Luke? I'll find the tweet and I'll send it to you. I bet it was Ali. There you go. Can't. Delhi Ali. Let's have a look. I bet it was. It was a full squad picture in the dressing room. Look at this, Sil. As we said, we won't mention it. All I had to do was just bring him into it and you two, bah, off we go. Well, I lit the fuse. Human, I left the room. Human son, human son loves a post. Right. Well, he's posted nothing. Uh, I'll human, find you the picture. No, while no, we're no, talking. Hold on, hold on a second. There you go. Look, his human son did a post in the coach room of him hugging, hugging Vaughan and Vertonghen, wishing them good luck because obviously they're leaving now. So why did that yeah. require a celebration post? He's wishing them well on their way. It wasn't a celebration. Come on. He's just told them enjoy. Well, he's taking pictures of us in the group. Two, two big brothers gonna miss you. Uh, uh, so much. Five years been like five days. No, no, uh, Alex. So why is, exactly, why is exactly. Aureo pumping his fist celebrating? Uh, Aureo is not in the photo. Well, we must be looking at different pictures then. Well, Look at where... the picture Jan Vertonghen posted on his Twitter. Jan Vertonghen. Let's have a look. It's cute, this, isn't it, Jack? Yeah. Watching these two squabble. Who's yeah. this? Right. Everyone's been more pathetic this season. I feel, I feel like Mummy and Daddy are fighting them. <laughs> <Saturday morning. laughs> Who's this... Flat-chested blonde woman who's snuck into the. It's it. It's it's Jan. Ver- it's Lamella. Yeah, it's Lamella. <laughs> Jan Vertonghen is doing a good well goodbye post for Christ's sake. It's hardly celebrating the win and where they finished. It doesn't mention where they. It doesn't mention the win. And so it doesn't. pumping his fist. That's a, you, if you want to go down the route, route of being a terrible reporter, taking photos or picture or words out of context. I'm sure I can find very similar posts in the Arsenal side of things. So yeah, just top four. Let's let's not waste any more time. The top four, and it was called embarrassing men. Let's, let's let's not waste any more time on you being petty and making happen. Let's carry it's not on. Petty. If we go to Harry Kane's interview yesterday, we can go away happy. No, his quote. Happy, happy with getting a Europa League place. He can go away happy because yeah. he's getting transfer. He says at the end of the season, we can go away happy. I, well, I think I think what he's referring to is when you said mind the gap, and he saw that message, and then the gap disappeared. What gap's been closed? I don't understand the gap that's been closed. The gap, the gap, the points this season, Luke. The current relevant. Spurs need to win about six more league titles. Anyway, I mean the fact. The fact that you're having this debate is shows how far Arsenal have fallen. This shouldn't be happening. Yeah. It what, be, when we were growing up, this would never have been happening. So that's a sign of where you're at. They got to the Champions League final last year. You'll, you might win the FA Cup. That's where the two clubs are at, which is not a good thing. It should be the other way around. I would still rather win the FA Cup like than lose the final. Well, I, I actually, I would quite like you to win, but I didn't want to jinx you and say you were going to win it. Oh, that's, that's appreciated. Chelsea absolutely batty. Uh, um, but oh, I was Watford were the biggest underachievers. You think they went from 11th last year with an almost unchanged team to go down and be pretty shy? I think they have to be in the contention as well. Yeah, I'll just finally say it 4,538. You might be wondering what I'm referencing is uh, <laughs> the days since Spurs last won a trophy, <laughs> but 
my biggest underachiever was Man City, as we said. So, uh, if we go on to signing of the season, shall we? Yeah, let's move on. Alex, who's your signing of the season? Difficult one, um, I think. Um, I want to. I feel. I feel obliged to mention Bruno Fernandez at the moment. I mean, I know it could be a bit. I mean. The thing is, if you were to look at the squads right now, um, he's probably one of the players who's come into the squad and had an immediate, decisive impact. Is that a fair statement to make? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd, I'd probably go with Bruno Fernandes as my pick. Uh, you know, in terms of players that are going to perform at the highest level um, and potentially turn a squad in an entirely different direction or take them out of a rut. I'd probably say that, you know, he's definitely one to mention along those sort of lines. Um, I did have I did have another player, but I, I'm saving him for my best value signing of the season. Um, so I'm not going to say too much more on my choice. All right, Jack, if we go to you. See, I have Bruno Fernandes as well. I, I tried to put my Man United bias penalty aside. Merchant. Penalty merchant or not, they had a problem scoring penalties before he came along. So he's... <laughs> He's, what's his stats? He's got, um, what was it? Eight goals and seven assists. He's done the thing which everyone wanted him to do, which is free up Pogba a little bit. So it's not just Mark Pogba out the game when he does play in the main night, don't tick. He's brought Martial and Rashford into the games. He's unlocked doors when they've not had players to unlock those doors. He's taken a main night team that looked bang average and made everyone believe that they're amazing until they start playing someone half decent again. Um, but that still, they still looked average against the average teams and they've started blowing them away with him in the team. So I do have to feel that as sad as it is, it probably has to go to Bruno Fernandes. Uh, TK? Uh, I, don't, I don't think Fernandes is a bad shout. I think his importance has been overstated a little bit, only a little bit, just be, but you know, that's kind of how the media works. So, but I, I would have two ahead of him. I'd have either St. Maximan at Newcastle, who I think could go into the best value. I think only because in the future, I think if he has another season like this, they could sell him on for a lot. Um, but I actually, I think Danny Ings, I think without him, Southampton aren't where they are. Um, I could have him for this and the next one at 20 million. Yeah. Um, so I'll go with him. You mentioned St. Of course, the season as well, rather than just half the season, which isn't Fernandez's fault, but just the way it goes. Yeah. Something that came out earlier today, and people are saying that Newcastle do the same thing. Um, Wolves have been applying baby oil to Adam Traore's arms before games, so players can't grab hold of him and stop him running. <laughs> I wonder and why so his arms look so slick. Yes. They're saying this is yeah. what they should do for him. Um, Alan St. Maximan, because he has the same issues, that once he gets going, it's easier to just take the cynical foul and kind of hoist him down once or twice a game. And so this is what they're doing for Traore. So when people try and do it, they're just sliding straight off. That's brilliant. I did see that yesterday. He slips that's past. A, that's a good... You can't do it in um, the UFC, sorry. And <laughs> so what they would do is if you were going to fight Ronda Rousey and it turns out it was actually doing the opposite because it was making the holds easier, but these women would apply all sorts of like moisturizers so it goes like right deep into your skin. And then they would have either a 
more thorough workout or work away from the air condition or whatever. So when they get into the octagon, they start sweating and all of the grease from the moisturizer and cream would come out once they're in the octagon then and they would be more greased up. And so that was what they would do there. And so maybe they're going to have uh, Adam Atroyo having like the smoothest arms in the league going forward. <laughs> Just so nobody can get hold of it. Do you remember? Um, do you remember classic gladiators? Where that guy, where was it? A woman? I think it was a woman who greased up her legs on the on the wall challenge, where the gladiators got to try and catch their foot. That was bre- definitely for different reasons why they were greased up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I saw Troy Ray yesterday, and he'd like rolled his shorts up. It was like he's wearing mini shorts. <laughs> he'd roll, he'd have rolled his sleeves up, and his arms and legs were just like glistening. I was like, what's happening here? <laughs> Um, now I know why. My signing of the season, if we stick with with Wolves, is uh, Raul Jimenez. Yeah, great signing. They had the choice of whether to make him permanent. Obviously, they opted to do so. And then the link-up between him and Traore went on to be the most lethal in the league. It would probably be looked on a bit more favourably if they had seen it out. But obviously, they tailed off towards the end of the season. But Still, if you're going over the whole base of the season, he's looking like he's going to earn either a new contract for probably double the money he was on, or he's been linked with a move to Juventus. And when we discussed it last week, kind of the consensus was that maybe it's not, it's not too, his name doesn't look too out of place there. So obviously a great signing for them. They're either going to make big money selling him on at his age still, or he's going to keep banging in the goals to them in Europe and in the league. I forgot they only made that permanent last summer. Yes. Yeah. I actually thought they, they've already done that, so fair enough. Uh, if we go on to best value signing of the season, then, was your pick Danny Ings, Alex? No, it wasn't. I, I was going to give a mention to... Is it... Is it, is it say, say that again, sorry. Say, say Maximin. Yeah, Alan yeah, say Maximin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought he... I think he's a, he was going to be... He nearly got in as my um, signing of the season because I did have a little bit of a moment where I was going to say Newcastle were also one of the biggest overachievers, but um, sort of worked him in here instead. Um, but yeah, I think I think when the signing was made, they touted him as one of the best value signings of the season. Um, and I would say he's lived up to that. I mean, it's rare. It's a rare thing these days that certain signings do live up to exactly what they're touted as being particularly in a team in that sort of area of the table, West Ham, West Ham being a, a, an excellent example of that. Um, but yeah, I think he's, you know, he's performed well. He's been the decisive key in that side, which has helped, you know, sort of achieve them, being able to achieve what they've been able to achieve. So yeah, he's my um, best value signing of the season. He's obviously not on the same level at the moment, but he reminds me of Alexis Sanchez just in the way that the commentators will tell you he's worth the price alone to go in and watch him play football just because of the way he does play. How old is he now? He's below below 25, I'm pretty sure. The issue was that he had the tag that we've spoken about each week, I think, that you get touted in France as having a bad attitude and it puts all these clubs off making a move. They said just because he wore a Gucci headband that that meant that he was too full of himself and... His attitude was all in the wrong place, but you look and he looks like he's more determined to win than almost any other player on the pitch. So it's obviously worked out well for him. TK, who was your best value? Was it the same as your signing? Yeah, 
I think in the future, St. Maximum will look as the best value because what they're going for about 16 mil, wasn't it? I think unconfirmed, but I think it was. So, like I said, if he puts any sort of run together, they'll sell him on for a huge amount of money. I I think, you know, he could follow a similar trajectory to Triore in terms of you saw flashes of what he can do, but then flashes of inconsistency as well. If he ends up putting a run together, he'll have, you know, they're talking about over 100 million for Triore now. Yeah. So I would similar to anything, but for that, uh, for now, I'll have to go with Ings. For twenty million was at the time good money. It looked like Liverpool had got another good deal. Yeah, it, every, it suited everyone. But you know, twenty million pounds to keep yourself in the Premier League is a bargain now. So I'll have to go with him. I went for Jordan Ayew, two point five million, and that's what we said about Zahar earlier. His goals were the difference between Palace walking away with no points or three points a lot of the time. So he really stepped up, considering when you looked at their strike force at the start of the season and said, after they didn't invest any of the Wambasaka money, that there was literally no chance of them doing anything this season. It was going to be a relegation scrap. Mm. Yeah. Jack, what about you? So I'd gone Danny Ings, because I'd got the fee down. There's 18 million plus add-ons, so it must be the extra 2 million add-ons. So I just thought, like, just mirroring what TK said, to keep yourself in the Premier League for that amount of money is just, yeah, you'd do it in a heartbeat. And then the goals he got, to be challenging for Golden Boot, playing for a team like Southampton, I just think that's brilliant. If, if we stick with you here, Jack, who's your flop of the season? Um, my flop of the season, so I've got a few. There's a, um, yeah, there's a lot of choice on this, yeah. Christ. So give, us, give us your top dog. Yeah, I'll give it, if we have I'll any give, left over, then we'll go over I'll, I'll give us I'll give his top line of Haller, Seven goals and 32. John Linton, two goals and 38. Or Kepa with a 52% percentage. <laughs> I just think all of those are just awful. I mean... I he's only been there a year. I was thinking he'd been there two years. Who, Kepa? Yeah. Uh, no, he'd been there two years. He was there last yeah. season, but it's yeah flop of the season for this season. I think, really, if you look into it, it's Joel Linton. He was, I agree. I think... The amount of money they paid for him, he was supposed to be the striker that Rafa Benitez was never going to get. And then they gave him to Steve Bruce and he just just didn't fit the bill. He looked lightweight throughout the first half of the season. But then he started, his, he upped his work rate and he was starting to be a good team player. So you kind of feel bad for him that he didn't score. And then he got, what, his first goal since the start of the season, like a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I just, he just didn't score the goals. I think it's testament to Sir Maximan. In his and column so, on The Athletic, Rafa literally said that the deal was in place and he told them not to sign it, but he didn't want yeah. to. Yeah, <laughs> and you can see why. Uh, I think he has been my flop of the season. I remember he scored a goal, I can't think who it was against, maybe Sheffield actually, where he scored late in the second half and Jamie Redknapp's on commentary said uh, even Joe Linton couldn't miss that one. Yeah. <laughs> After a half-time saying he's going to score in the second half and they said, oh, you did say he was going to score. He said, I didn't really believe it when I said it, though. <laughs> I always just thought it would just maybe maybe I could get something right. Yeah, I think the reason why I didn't go Haller as like my top dog is because it's bad. There's seven goals in like 32 upstairs. You still, it's not his fault in a sense that they're getting caught into the box, which is a strong point at the start of the season, and they just stopped doing it, and then they stopped pe- putting people around him. So he was just having balls hoofed up to him in the channels. And he just couldn't do anything about it. Whereas Joel Linton had some decent players when you look at some maximum around him, he just couldn't finish his dinner. TK, what about you? 
Yeah, I think you instinctively go towards Joel Linson. I think if it went for some form picking up, Fred was again the instinctive one earlier in the season. I think he's just about rescued himself. Um, personally, I've I've got to go with actually the when you saw the the money that was going around with David Luiz, that could actually end up being a horrific visit. But mm. I I actually think considering the expectation going into this deal, um, I think in Dombele has could well be flop of the season. Just if you look at Spurs broke their transfer record for him. Just going to do this and that, and he's just come nowhere near it. I wouldn't disagree. I would say Ndombele's definitely got to be talked about in this bracket here. Um, I would say, unfortunately, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not talking it down at all, but I think the saving, <laughs> it's ridiculous that this, I'm saving this as saving grace, but he has not, particularly after Mourinho took over, he wasn't really given much chance to play at all. Um, you could say that's a reflection on his injury side of things, but it's you could definitely say he's up there as a potential flop of the season, but I think you've got to go with David Luiz because I don't think you can name another player that has directly contributed to Arsenal losing so at that many points. Also a player that has conceded the most red cards out of any other player this season. I mean... There's, most, not, is it records I, as well? I know it's most penalties. He broke that record yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. It's, that it, was it's quite not, something. It's not like under Mbele has you know has definitely flopped this season, but to flop and then directly contribute to your team losing is more of a step forward than I think Ender Bele has has contributed to you know being his well his case of being the flop of the season. I think that's I think, a argument. To I make. think being I think being saved by not being played probably isn't a great. No, it's, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not saying it is. I mean, I, I, I'm. I'm talking. If you, if you, if the three of you between between of you went is under ballet. I wouldn't disagree with you. Yeah. I'm trying to say is that I think David Luiz has gone one step further by having that amount of direct contribution to your team yeah. lose. I mean, yeah. you know, Jose of- broke quarantine to try and get in Dombele in shape, didn't he? I know. Yeah. And he still couldn't. <laughs> still did. David Luiz penalty stat. I mean. I'm not saying he's done great himself, but the stat is harsh in the way that the one yesterday, I don't know if anyone's seen it, Holding gives it away and then gives away another horrible pass straight after. So it, David Luiz is left isolated. Still not great to be giving away a penalty, but it wasn't well, really a situation is- he put himself in. And then the, the one at Chelsea, if you remember, Mustafi lost the ball. And yeah, it was a yeah. two-on-one and then Mustafi brings him down. I think... He thought he was doing it for the good of the team and then he was told next time out because there was the goal against Spurs in which David Luiz had the chance to bring down Son and didn't where he was told we'd rather concede the goal and now there's 11 men still on the pitch than the other way around. It, in all honesty, as much as the penalty style doesn't look great, if that's just in isolation, I wouldn't have too much of a problem with it. If you didn't have all the other stuff that goes with David Luiz, if you just stuck that tag onto a regular defender, I'd probably just say, look, a bit rash, but it's okay. It's mm. all the other stuff that goes with him. Yeah. Do you think his own standards go against him in that you've seen how good he can be? In a way, yeah. The fact that he can turn up for a game every so often probably doesn't help. I think, though... Maguire's with, got off lightly. Yeah, I think with other other players... Maguire, by the way, getting in Garth Crooks' team of the season. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, uh, he, he's all right. He's like a decent Leicester centre-back when they're defending their own box, but as soon as they're playing a high line... You say that, I'd like, take all of Leicester's centre-backs. Mm. Yeah. Maybe yeah, not Johnny but, Evans, but... 
All the, of them. Uh, I'd take their backup uh, centre-backs. But where's Brown? I don't even know who they are. Where's Brown? Not Wes it's Brown. not Wes Brown. I know that man. Has he had a resurrection? No, I've got it mixed up. <laughs> so I was chewing Johnny Evans, but they'd both start for us. Johnny Evans was a steal at two and a half million. Well, they paid in instalments. We don't. We get called instalments FC. You should have <laughs> done. You should have got Gary Cahill. That would have been a great signing for Arsenal. Yeah, although that probably could have gone just as horribly wrong, and we'd be having the same conversation about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I got I think he, he's not going to he's not going to walk away with it. But I think you've got to also mention as well is and it's the fact that everybody's forgot about it, is Ryan Sessegnon. I mean, it's like contributed nothing. Well, you had like an instant I, impact to him. What did they pay? Like twenty million? Was it seventy-five? I feel like it was less than twenty million. I, I feel like it was less. Has he? I think I saw uh, the, only, that the only game that I can actually remember him playing was against Bayern Munich in the away in the Champions League. Alex, you had him keep at all costs. Mm. I did, yeah, because I think he's... He, when, <laughs> when I say he hasn't played... I just remembered that. When I, say, when, I, when I say he hasn't played, you've got to keep at all costs just to try and try and give him a chance. But it's, you know, it's, you question why... It was 25 million. He, uh, yeah, there you go. He, like, you question why he hasn't played. Like, what has he been doing in the training ground to generate hit that like lack of a chance of playing, for Christ's sake? I mean, I know he's young, but... You know, I, I cannot think of I, I cannot think of a game where he started, and I could hardly think of any of where he came off the bench. You know, it's, I, I know ultimately he hasn't played. So again, as similar to what I was saying to Mbele, it almost acts as a defence to say, well, he might actually all be all right. He might be all right. You know, come next season, you never know what you might get out of him. But still, you know, it's what he's done in the training. You do expect to just- see flashes, even if he is a young player. Flashes of what he can do. Yeah, it's actually, thinking but it, it was nothing. Thinking of young players, actually, I'll give best value uh, signing potentially to Martinelli as well, by the way. That is yeah, potentially I forgot about some, literally someone who could sort of change your bum life at the club. I genuinely do think he's very, very good. Ronaldinho is said he reminds him of uh, Ronaldo, so... No pressure, <laughs> lad. And he's uh, just in line with that. He's got a long-term injury, so there we go. 12 appearances in total for Sessegnon this season. Six in the league, three in the Champions League, three in the FA Cup. Mm. 772 minutes. Says a lot about how bad signings have been this year that City can sign Cancelo for 60 mil and we don't even talk about it. That was disrespectful to Walker, that was. They keep disrespecting him. He keeps just... Doing, <laughs> they? I like that. I like it when that happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, goal of the season then. TK, if we, if we start with you, what's your goal of the season? Uh, I've been having a bit of a think about it, and I'm giving it to someone you mentioned. I'm giving it to Jordan Ayew. Yeah. Potentially because yeah. of who he is as well. Maybe that's kind of lended itself towards <laughs> it. You're not really used to it from him. But I, I just think the technique, the composure, I think it, it had everything about it. Even just, if it was just the dribble and then he smashed it home, I'd say it was a great goal. But then to do that little dink as well, I think uh, I'll give the nod to him. It was a last-minute winner as well, which adds to it. Yeah, against West Ham, what was it? Around December time, was it? Yeah. So that's a big game for them at that sort of time. So, uh, yeah, I'll go with them. Uh, I, I had that down as ultimately my pick. and Some of the ones that I thought deserved some recognition and one stood out, and that was Origi against Everton. The long ball and then the touch and yeah. around the keeper was Gets one of them that bit, I didn't it? really see mentioned in any 
no. it, it seemed to be down to Ayu against uh, West Ham and De Bruyne against Newcastle were the two overriding picks. So Suns won, is it Burnley? Yeah, it's said against Traction as well. Which I thought the was a good goal, but I thought it got overhyped a little. Yeah, just a tiny bit. I thought if Kevin, I said that, it would be held as me just saying mm. it because it was Spurs, but Burnley mm. did him a lot of favours there. I had. Um, I, 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 feel I, like, I, I feel like that strange energy coming from someone who celebrates that Martinelli goal against Chelsea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, I've, got is, that on my, I've got that on my list. Yeah, that's <laughs> what, what I mean. <laughs> What do you mean about uh, yeah. defending? He's left. He's left Kante diving after him. Kante's fallen over. Kante's <laughs> he's dived. He's dived was, after. That does have something to it though. And then there was no other defenders. Whereas Son actually had to dribble around some players. What about Kepa? Yeah. What about Kepa? He had a great. He had a great game that night. No, he didn't. That goal that you can see against Bellerin. That was and awful. it adds to it. The celebration adds to it as well. Does he it? did the Mbappe. If you remember, Lacazette tried getting in on it. Word. <laughs> yeah, he can't defend this. He, he, ran he, half, he ran half. What do you mean you can't defend this? You had Lampard, manager of the year. <laughs> That's more defendable than this. Yeah, I'd say so. I didn't say it was my goal of the season. I said it was worth a mention. I just feel yeah, like you gave, gave Son a bit of hate there. When yeah. celebrated I didn't say it was hate, it was rightful to be nominated, but it was one of them. Like, I thought Burnley did him a big favour. I thought the Rooney one against Everton, where he essentially scored an open goal, was similar, and I didn't understand the praise for that. That was we did the pod. That's the first time strike from inside that. his own half. That's a bit different. Open goal. Mm. The amount of times that you can see players boot that out for a throw in. We're not we praising have, uh, players for getting a shot on target. <laughs> from the halfway yeah, line it's like we've got Kino on the pod here yeah, sorry, you, you, you go out an Arsenal player scored it it might be different but <laughs> we, we have wasn't. mentioned we have mentioned Kevin De Bruyne against Newcastle haven't we I think yeah, I, 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 I think think got mentioned there yeah. there's something really satisfied about a, like a, a, a strike like that that goes in off the post or the crossbar yeah. Like, is it just me or is it like it's just I don't know it's just no, a ring of notes, yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely like something that was so a late nice. winner as well wasn't it yeah we were hanging on and then he did that so I'm watching it my brother or at least speaking to him and saying yeah there's not a lot you can do about that there was Fabinho's against Man City I'm going to say yeah. he had a against them didn't he I had yeah. Fabinho versus Crystal Palace is mine which is I think it was just a little bit further out and it's just, just one of those balls that just stayed hit. Like, it, didn't it? The, yeah. yeah, the definition of he hit it and it stayed hit. It was just the same trajectory. Didn't go up or down. The, the keeper still couldn't do anything about it because he was just moving at such a pace. And I think it was about 35 yards. I just think it was class. Harvey Bond scored a peach this year as well. Uh, Against Sheffield, Sheffield United. Yeah. yeah, I had that in my list as well. Just That was one like... Yeah, he yeah, did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like an absolute... Th- came off. <laughs> yeah, an absolute thunder bastard, as they say. <laughs> just came that down, much. sat perfectly, and just absolutely nailed it on the volley. It's just, I love it when that happens. Zaha's was Premier League, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah like, Chelsea. It was Premier League, yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Like Jay Rodriguez, I mean, for the stick that Kepa gets, and mainly from me, he has conceded a lot of goal of the season contenders. <laughs> like the one from Jay Rodriguez against Burnley, where he just, like, in off the bar. Naby Keita in off the bar. Like Zaha in off the bar. It's just, I think they just think that they could probably get away with shooting because he's shit. Ruben Neves scored a peach against United as well. 
Yeah, that's a good goal. Only scores the screamers. Johan Bach won against Chelsea got some mentions, but the fact they kind of trickled into the net took it yeah. away from it a bit for me. I I felt like at the time it was being touted as a better goal than it was. It was just it's like one of those ones you try down the park with your mates to just try it. it wasn't the even moment like a adds to it there though. Yeah, it wasn't even it like was a like stoppage time, wasn't it? Yeah, annoyingly. And an equaliser, I think. That was like New Year's Day game, starting yeah. of the year. Well, <laughs> what about match of the season then? Can I, I get your pick for goal of the season there, TK? Sir. Yeah, yeah. I was first. I went. Yeah. I... And Alex, you said De Bruyne, Newcastle, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. So ma- match of the season. It's not the Premier League, but. I just want to give a mention to that Liverpool Arsenal Carabao Cup game, which Arsenal eventually lost on penalties. But <laughs> the fact that I had a ticket lined up for that and the bloke backed out, so probably saved myself some heartbreak there. Ten goals. Willock scored a peach in that game as well. Um, overall, I've... I gave it to Chelsea two, City one. Oh, okay. we spoke about that before the game, didn't we? It was uh, a crazy game, GK, wasn't yeah. it as well. Wasn't expecting yeah. that. I had one of them mentioned it's not an Arsenal game either, but that was Norwich 3 2 against City. I think that was what got my pick. Yeah. I got um I've got Sheffield versus United 3 3. That was good in the way that you thought United had clawed it back and then Sheffield did at least give you something to cheer about. Yeah. Jack? I had two. I had nine nil Leicester win. Yeah. Purely, purely because you just love to see a team get absolutely ruthlessly spanked, like <laughs> well and well and truly like downtrodden, is pissing with rain. It was like what was it, late October? Oh, one in ten. Yeah, the fans must have been absolutely freezing. You just know their misery is going to be at the like optimum levels. And then to top it all off, you get Bertrand getting sent off as well. I just thought you just love to see those types of things. <laughs> um, and my other one was Norwich 3, City 2, where they out-sitted City. I just thought that was great. That was like the first remnants, but like the first kind of, you just believed that City were beatable this season. And Cantwell scored and then Young Thug replied to his celebration. Yeah. To add to it. What about Chelsea Arsenal at Stamford Bridge? Again, I feel like it's been well overhyped this oh, okay. game. Um, good game that was. It was a, a good card, game. A comeback. Yeah, goal of the season contender. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think the way that we were on top all game and you clawed something out of it, I thought that was good from to see like a grit side of it from Arsenal that you haven't seen in recent seasons. What do you mean on top all game? Well, exactly that. The way we were, <laughs> we were annoyed. We must that have we watched didn't a different game. We must have watched a different game there. It's the fact, it's the fact that we were pushing to the point where, we, again, it's a testament to our bad defence that it gets cleared from a corner, Kante falls over, and they just run through and score. No, that was magic. <laughs> magic made him trip. <laughs> no, nah, maybe it's because I was so annoyed after that game I haven't counted it, but it's not a game that really... It's one that has it all, yes. But I don't know, for neutrals, you guys, what do you think for that game? It was an entertaining game, wasn't it? I don't think I'd necessarily give it game of season, but it did have everything you could want as, as a neutral watching. Yeah. What about moment of the season, Jack? Moment of the season, what have I got? Matty Longstaff, goal versus United. I thought he was just <laughs> brilliant. 
wasn't it his debut as well? And that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, just a young lad comes Heart in. Heartwarming story. Yeah, buries United in front of his home fans. It's just something that you've that again is. Is that file, crying? Yeah, file <laughs> that under things you love to see. Didn't you have someone's dad crying that uh, West Ham keeper one that his dad crying and he kept a clean oh, sheet? Alvin, Alvin Martin said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The United that? Was it Against Chelsea. Stamford oh. Bridge. <laughs> when we lost. I, I thought Jack sounded a bit upset. Yeah. <laughs> the way, the like, tone in which he said Alvin Martin. Was, oh, no. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like the tears of joy and I hope it up to be something. I was thinking like, oh, his kid must be like 19 coming through. He could have a promising... <laughs> Career. Someone was like thirty odd. Like, <laughs> a journeyman. Yeah. I was like, "What the fuck is this? Why is everyone like getting so emotional about this?" It's a thirty-three-year-old seeing... backup keeper. <laughs> I keep seeing an advert for the Athletic on Facebook, and it's an interview with um, Andy Lonigan saying, "I can't wait to tell my kids I was a part of this." Fuck's sake. <laughs> so cheek. What's your moment of the season, TK? Uh, I, I didn't know if this was. <laughs> I didn't know if this was a little uh, a little biased, uh, but I, think, I do think in terms of how the league went, it was a pivotal moment. Um, us turning around late and beating Villa, Mane with the last touch of the game, basically. Yeah. I think at that point, it was what, around sort of was it November time. I think we had uh, a six-point lead over City. So I think at that point, they'd won that weekend. It would have been down to three points. So I think that was maybe where we started being able to think, right, we can keep this distance with them. And then eventually, obviously, they kind of fell apart. So I'll, I'll go with that one. Alex, what was your moment of the season? I've got um, Botford ending Liverpool's run of uh, victory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it was like, I was a chance that to wide to get. But I mean, it, you know, it was a pivotal moment. And, you know, it came from a team that we all like wasn't expecting it to come from to be honest i mean you know it's it i genuinely i don't think anybody going up against liverpool at that point could think that they could stop this run and i didn't you know, watch it. yeah i thought they'd cause us problems i'll admit i didn't think we'd lose 3-0 <laughs> i, I think that that's one of the games where your kind of tv pundits will say oh it's the game that liverpool kind of needed to lose really it's now the now the pressure's off, and uh, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, and it kind of it, 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 it kind of woke up Liverpool a little bit when they were getting that. That's during the period where they were winning games, but they weren't looking convincing. They were just grinding out results. Yeah. But I arguably say that you played better football last season than you did this season, but this season you just looked unbeatable for most of it. Not Jose's first presser then, Alex. That's in its own separate category altogether, I think. <laughs> Moment of the season for me, uh, Unai Emery being sacked. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was going to top that. Uh, Watford beating Liverpool did feel like an Arsenal win. I but think it probably would have held a little bit more if Watford stayed up, and if potentially Liverpool hadn't, you know, lost. I think it might game. add to it in hindsight. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think if that had been the only game Liverpool lost as well, it probably would have helped it. Yeah. But. Do you reckon someone's going to pinch uh, Ishmael Assar this summer? I think 100%. Someone's gonna over, I think someone someone's going to overspend there. I think they're going to overspend. I, yeah, I, you might be right. I think that would be a good Liverpool signing because I think Liverpool's problem is going to be that starting eleven is so regimented. How do you buy world-class players and let, like know that they're not going to be like shoe-ins for starters every 
every week. Yeah. I think Liverpool would be good to try and buy depth now because that's the one thing they lack over City. Yeah. And like you look at like the Shakiri, but a little bit better kind of bracket. Um, that's what Liverpool needs to be doing. I think Saar fits into that bracket really well. I think. Yeah, I think he's going to get for the right price. Yeah. Just sort of Teams going to be up. licking their lips at uh, the likes of Everton and West Ham, as we said earlier, <laughs> being desperate for transfers, and they're probably going to have some pants down there. What about then, hero of the season? I've gone Jordan Henderson for this one, just because of the work he did during the lockdown period and kind of galvanising all the footballers together to like do donations and things like that. I just. Well, have you w- mentioned Rashford? Oh yeah, that is really well. Honor- <laughs> Honourable mention to Rashford. Don't get me wrong, but the way Henderson was the hero of that Liverpool team, and like although I may not have had him as my pick for Player of the Season, I feel like hero of the season, kind of captain that held everyone together at Liverpool and drove everyone on. And you could see not only the footballing prowess that you missed when he wasn't playing when he was injured or whatever, but the leadership prowess. And I know Van Dijk is the vice captain. He's a good leader, but Phil Henderson, for like a proper hero, coming from a £20 million transfer from Sunderland where you just thought, that is he good enough to play for Liverpool? Um, to winning the Champions League and then the Premier League this season. I just think, yeah, he's probably hero of the season for me. Nearly went to Fulham, you know. I don't think that's been mentioned. Really? <laughs> wow. I've gone for Mikel Arteta testing positive for Corona. <laughs> <laughs> what a, a hero. Yeah. Took the hit saved, for everyone. saved hundreds of thousands of lives there. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, on that note I'm going to go with human son Doing his national service, bouncing <laughs> back from the tears after that that freak accident on the pitch, uh, you know, squaring up to Hugo Lloris. Come on, he's he's the hero everybody wants. Send him back. <laughs> <laughs> Seek it, diverse yours, No, I, th- I think no. Jack's probably right with Hendo. I think. It's hard to rank, say, him and Rashford in terms of off-the-pitch stuff because they've both obviously been great with that. But I think that plus a little bit of the, what he's done on the pitch in terms of leadership, and he's, and he's played really well just in and of himself as a player, I'll give it to him. Alex jumped on Jack for not saying it and then didn't mention Rashford himself. <laughs> <laughs> I did... Um, wanted I could, to be offended, mention, didn't he? You could mention uh, Roy Keane as well because he's been the hero to... He, he has been a hero, yeah. When your team's underperforming, he said a lot of what you want to hear, particularly for United fans. You know, that half-time talk that he gave about the, the swinging punches one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just so good. Shall I kick us off for villain of the season? Go on, then. Go Should on. be fairly unanimous, you would think. Unai Emery. <laughs> <laughs> what he did to this team. How <laughs> just... he kept me travelling back every game. I just think I don't, he was he was dreadful, but I don't. He I don't, had how, me how can I cheering say us on to genuinely lose. Well, yeah, yeah, but I, I remember distinctly. I remember seeing your tweets on the, the, around the time of his last game. It was like this bastard manager, and I remember <laughs> you lost the following game. You said this bastard club, and I thought that sums it up quite well. Where it's not just him; they are a pretty shit team as well. But yeah, he was he was dreadful. He he made the worst players worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's such a good way to put it. 
like Mustafi's bad under Emery. My word. <laughs> he gave us that win against Spurs, the the best game of the last twenty five years. Um, <laughs> after that, Christ, he had Torreira playing up front. Yes, that's not great. Who's your villain of the season, TK? Nico Richards. Uh, that's hero of the season. <laughs> um, I think you could probably give it to him every year. Mike Ashley's got to be in with a shout. <laughs> <laughs> He's been pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably go with him. All VAR no, no, no. just as a whole, as an entity. <laughs> yeah, that's a good shout. It's not added anything uh, to the game, has it? It's only taken <laughs> away. So, Jack. I think villain of the season has to be Jose Mourinho. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. For an ex-Chelsea manager. Oh, my microphone's just fallen off. Yeah, to an ex-Chelsea manager to say he'll never manage Spurs, to then go and manage Spurs, (laughs) is just He's he's got on very lightly, really, hasn't he? Yeah. So you haven't much of an issue when Fabregas said that? (laughs) <laughs> he what, went, he, he never went managed from, Spurs? He went, from <laughs> he, Chelsea to, he went from Chelsea to United, for Christ's sake, and he didn't say nice things after he'd gone. I think the standard had been pretty much set. Nah, I think <laughs> that we, we always knew he was going to go to United, that we just knew that was the end game, and we kind of just grit our teeth and bore it a little bit. He's a gun for but, but to go he to is, Spurs just goes against everything for such a big rival, as in kind of geography, history, just general hatred between I'm the two clubs. trying to make clubs. Spurs your rivals. They're not your rivals. You're going to muscle in on that rivalry. It's, it's, You've yeah, got get, QPR, and you're trying to make one with West Ham. I'm full <laughs> <laughs> I just, no, I just, I think I prefer to be Spurs than I do Arsenal for some reason. <laughs> get your own, you're not in this relationship, Jack. <laughs> you don't want it. Only London club in the Champions League can't be in this relationship if you are. <laughs> Who's your villain of the season, Alex? Whoever was behind the sacking of Unai Emery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he did himself many favours. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised nobody's given an honourable mention out to uh, COVID for ruining... Uh, for ruining the uh, well, taking away for favour. a few months. <laughs> to, yeah, to be fair, with Chelsea, we had so many players out, we had them all back in firing. So yeah, it's been great probably, for them. And it made Leicester and Spurs. In, in, Spurs Sheffield United well. fall away. So yeah, Spurs were in real trouble. People forget that they had their entire front three out injured. Jose like, yeah, wanted I mean, the season like, done. He was like, begging yeah. for the season to just end. That's yeah, but you've got, to think, you've got to think about what it's also, you know, you know I definitely I know that, but think of what else it's cost. It's cost the Euros. It cost us months and months without any form of sport. You know, it's, it was pretty bad, let's be honest. It's not as bad now. It doesn't feel as bad now that it's bad. Hey, it gave birth to one of the best podcasts this country's ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good, perfect time to say our interview with David Dobkin, director of Wedding Crashes, is out this Wednesday. Same movie madness. Boys, two seconds. I'm going to pop out for a bit. Miss has just electrocuted herself. Two seconds. Oh, Oh, okay. Jesus. Um, And Shaun of the Dead versus The Hangover this Friday. 
So there you go, Alex. One for you. I feel, feel like Shaun of the Dead and entering Dax, Mrs. Electrical himself is a bit of <laughs> a bad moment. If we go on to most improved player, I've gone for Danny Ings. Has anyone else gone different to Danny Ings? I have. I like I like the shout. I think it's a fair shout. Um, I've gone with Traore. Good point. I, just think, I think he's just gone for a ceiling. I think you've, you've gone from someone who showed, as I said earlier, flashes of what he can do to yeah. hit and sustain run. Um, and his value has obviously gone up exponentially as a result. I, th- I think more with Ings is... I don't think people ever questioned that he was good. It was just he either was going to get injured or wasn't going to get opportunities. Yeah. So I'll give the nod to Traore. Who's your most improved player, Alex? I didn't have any different from Traore, to be honest. Okay. What do you think is the best kit to this season? So I, I had... Um... I'm pretty sure it's their third kit. I thought it was their away kit initially, but I had the Leicester third kit, the black kit, basically. Um, and then I also, I do also like, reluctantly, I do also like the Chelsea away kit for some reason. Maybe it's a combination of the. That is nice. It, it is nice, yeah. So the, those are my two picks: the Leicester, the, the Leicester black kit, and the Chelsea away kit. I will say, chat did say she's electrocuted. It wasn't serious enough for him to leave the chat. But serious enough to mute himself. <laughs> so fingers crossed. TK, what do you think is the best kit of the year? I don't mind Alex's shout with the Leicester kit. There. I do like that. Um, but I'll, I'll go with Arsenal's one. I think it's the. I think that's the best looking kit. Which one? Um, I like the home one. I do yeah. like the home one. I think it's good. I've gone for Chris, Arsenal's away kit. Really? Yeah. I, I, I like, well, I mean, I like yellow as it is, and oh yeah, I suppose it's a yeah. good yellow kit. <laughs> Jack, you're back. Yeah, I'm back. I heard this like a serious mass- electrocution. She's well, alive. Yeah, she's alive for now. Basically, I heard this like massive noise. I thought she dropped like a saucepan full of water. Turned out it was an electric shock off the oven because it had a loose wire. <laughs> so we can't touch yeah. the oven now. Jack, what do you think is the best kit of the season? I chose this black kit just because it had other Alex fans commenting on how nice it was and that's not often that happens um i'm also a fan of bournemouth's kit bit of a take on a red and black stripe i do like red and black in the kit when it's mm. not united um yeah. but I, I thought that was quite a good kit for him bro personally mm-hmm. for the worst kit i've gone man city's away yeah, yellow I don't and pink one. much competition here. No, it's like you know, there's shit ones. It's actually, I think... didn't. Not even that one. It's the the black one with the funny like pattern on the. I'm trying to think how to describe it. It's got like the weird like fluorescent pink the and yellow yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had the Man City alternative, the yellow and pink. Like yeah, that's bad as well. It looked, it looked like the refresher drumstick sweets you could get, <laughs> like. They have really bad kits, and they're not even bad that you could buy them in the hope that in, a, in like 10 years you look back and you think, oh, that's quite funky now. They're just shit kits, like the horrible, horrible kits. Uh, TK, what do you think's the worst kit? I've got the United away one. Uh, mm. The one that, kind of, if you get close to it, kind of snake skin, and from a distance it looks beige, I just think it looks shit. I actually yeah. really like that. I bought that nah. for Christmas. I remember it was getting some uh, some fuss in the summer. I was thinking this looks disgusting to me. I usually get them uh, football kit, and I pretty much buy whichever one of their clubs' kits I like the most. 
<laughs> I um, so I got him this, and I got him my other brother the orange Newcastle kit. I actually like Wolves home kit this year as well, the orange mm. one. So just a mention. What do you think's the worst, Alex? I had uh, I did have the United away, um, but I'm I the Leicester away kit as well, the pink one. I thought that That's was class. pretty bad. No, I don't like it. Don't like it at all. Um, but I, also as well, I I don't know why, but I I don't want to. Like, and obviously, in fairness, Jack, I was a guy who mentioned the Chelsea away kit, um, but I don't. I didn't like the Chelsea home kit at all this year at all. And I think their kits are normally pretty decent. To be fair, I really I, didn't like it. I thought it was quite smart. I thought again uh, that I, I, I that's one of those kits I feel that you buy and in twenty years time it looks funky. Really? I, 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 I like your home kit this yeah, year as well. I, I thought it looked pretty smart. I don't I know what how, the pattern's supposed to be. It's, oh, just, it's, it's actually taken from Stamford Bridge, so the roof, they've taken snapshots and put it all together into uh, like this part of the stadium onto the kit. Uh, you see, uh, the reason I say it is I think just kits at the moment, the good kits seem to be either like really simplistic, um, but done in a really nice way, or retro, hence mm. like Arsenal's kit, and then like the Leicester Black kit. And and the you know I I just I felt like that was sort of in no man's land a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it was tr- it was trying to be one and the other at the same time. I do get yeah. your point on that. Yeah, I think our new That'd home kit like, though is uh, exactly what you just described, which is like simplicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to sound too much like Gok Wan, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do our team of the season. We won't do by position. We'll just kind of go through our own team of the season. Does anyone want to kick us off? I've gone Liverpool, obviously, because I don't think they had a player of the season. I just thought they were a great team. And mm. as much what, as... What, so they... just the whole... Li- I meant like... Oh, you wanted just to name an actual, like, uh, starting eleven. Well, like like team of the season would be uh... Liverpool by everyone's pick, surely. They won right. the league. I see what you mean now. I see what you mean. Uh, right. Oh, God. Well, I would have said that team of the season player by player could have been an entire sort of pod in itself yeah I just went for a team I mean I can make one up on the spot if you want <laughs> it looks I'm like Garth dumb- Brooks did that earlier yeah. I'm dumbfounded that you could think this could mean anything <laughs> other than what it does mean I can I don't see understand. how the mix-ups happened uh, well, but surely the team of the season would have been either covered with the biggest overachiever or would just be Liverpool <laughs> well, I've got Wolves in Liverpool, but I'd have Nick Pope. I'd have, I'd have Nick Pope in goal. I'd have the Liverpool fullbacks, Van Dijk. Um, pretty much, the, I'd probably have the Liverpool back four. To be fair, they've conceded the least amount of goals this season out of anyone. Um, and then you've Bruno got Fernandes. yeah, Bruno Fernandes, probably De Bruyne. Um, who else? Who else would you have in midfield? Malik. Hendo. Hendo, yeah. And then up front, you'd have Mane, one wing. I'd probably give Riyad Mahrez for what he's done post-lockdown. He's kind of, he's really come down as a big part of the Man City team. And then Jamie Vardy for getting the golden boot. I've gone Alisson, Robertson van Dijk, Ben Mee and Alexander-Arnold. Midfield, De Bruyne, (laughs) Jordan Henderson, John Lundstrom. (laughs) <laughs> three up top Mane Adama Traore and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang how have you got him in ahead of Vardy 
better player. <laughs> he can be better a better goals. player. He hasn't had a better season, has he? I mean, he's he's had he's had less to work with, which goes into why Ben, me, and Lundstrom are in there as well. Uh, Jamie Vardy gets in there every day of the week. Well, if you thought that was the case, you should have done your own team of the, you should have done your own team of the season. Hey, hey, hey! It's, it's easy to misunderstood where we were going. I, I think it's a fair statement to say team <laughs> of the team understand. of the season be an entire podcast segment in itself. TK, do you have one? Yeah, um, I'm kind of showing my hand a little bit. I've, I'm kind of just trying to make a case for not putting the four pairs in there, so it doesn't look bad on my part. But we separated the men from the boys, and you yeah. understood this, I think. I think um, the back five of Liverpool, I think it's hard to argue. With. I think if it just on the first half of the season, that Soyuncu Chu could have got in at centre back, but I think he tailed off the second half of the year. So uh, I'll keep the back five of Liverpool. Um, similar story in midfield. I think the first half of the year, Fabinho, I think, was the best around. Then he got injured. Hendo even jumped into the whole midfield role. So I'll have to put him in the middle. Hendo in the middle with De Bruyne and then Fernandez for what he's done in the second half of the year, joining United. Um, and then my strikers are, I'm ashamed to say, we're on the same as Big Garth. We've got Aubameyang, Vardy and Mane. I just think those those three were the um, sort of standouts. I think Mane still had a Performance-wise, I saw more games where I thought he played well than Salah, even though Salah's stats are absolutely insane. And I've said before, I think he does seem to strangely somehow be a little bit underrated now, but I'll have Mane in there. Mm. I, I think believe Nick... there's actually a debate between Aubameyang and Kane in general as to who's a better player. I find it mental. I, I can see why there's debate. Well, I, thought, I fall well, on the Aubameyang side, but I wouldn't argue too much if someone says Kane. I, this year, I think it's fairly obvious, but... In general, what, who's, a better, it's, who's it's, a better player? I think it's yeah. a decent debate to be up there. I don't think it's what, who's either player? way, whichever way you fall. Sorry? Yes, Alex. You, wait, did, so you're you're saying that Ambamiyang is a better player than Kane without a shadow of a doubt? Yeah. He's saying this streets season, ahead. This, this season, yes. Overall, no. What do you mean overall, no? I think that I think to sort of say that it's an easy choice. Like if you were to, if it was Kane of the season, if it was Kane of seasons prior, um, you you'd say that Kane is in that like easily could punch with Aubameyang as being a um, as being better or as good. Yeah, I think you are uh, showing your hand a bit. If you're suggesting there's no debate at all. Yeah, literally, one's made a paper mache for a start, which goes against him. One can only score goals from in the six-yard box. One that is attitude, and one hasn't. So who's the one with a bad attitude? And the, one who, the one who swore in his kid's life to steal a goal off his teammates. <laughs> or the he's one scared. that passed across the goal yesterday when he was going for the golden boot. He's uh, not scared to say he loves his daughter. They remember that. <laughs> Jack, can you stop going through my tweets, please? Well, I'm just noticing that there's a very suspicious gap between Emery's first day, let's hope this goes to plan, and then a, and, and then a year later of just complete Emery hate. A, I, I refuse to believe that you didn't tweet about Emery for an entire season after his first I game. I don't think I would have. I just don't believe he's, that. He's just not that sort of guy. Like you got I don't to really Europa... tweet very much. <laughs> he's not one for a reactionary tweet. Exactly. <laughs> Like literally, boys. The first actually, tweet, if you can recall, 
I came on this podcast every week defending that war criminal. <laughs> war criminal kills me. Through gritted Just... teeth. No, in, in all fairness, you were one of the uh, one of the less the later ones on the boat. And I didn't call for sorry to be sacked after top four in a cup. Just the standards we set, mate. <laughs> anyway, let's close this out. We'll do Mike Tyson next week. So FA Cup final preview. If we go to Alex and TK first for their predictions. I'm going to go with a uh, 2-1 win to Chelsea. No added Goal time. scorers? Uh, I'm going to go with um, Chelsea to score first. No, sorry. Actually, sorry. Uh, no, uh, Bamiyan to score first. Uh, and then uh, Olivier Giroud uh, to get a double brace. Double brace? To get four. So four goals. Who the four? That get would two. be something. To get, to, get <laughs> two. to get two against you. CK? Yeah, I do see. I definitely see Giroud scoring. <laughs> um, <laughs> he does love Wembley. Uh, I'm going to say he gets a late equaliser for Chelsea. It goes to pens, and Chelsea win on pens. Tempted to drag you here, TK. After maybe your good luck from the last time I watched Arsenal Chelsea in a cup final with you. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea last night had Chelsea in the FA Cup final on Football Manager. Took the lead early, Chelsea equalised. Then Loftus-Cheek was sent off. Arsenal continued to dominate the game. Goes to penalties. Uh, I think Pulisic that missed. Then Arsenal missed straight after. And then Ceballos missed the penalty and Chelsea won it. So, could be a bad omen. The thing is, they they have both turned up for big games. But if if you had the gun to my head and tell me which one of these... Will definitely turn up at the two, but I'd probably lean towards Chelsea as my thing. I think like Chelsea's record at Wembley it's just ridiculous. We made a Man United team look pretty average in the last in the semi final. And then I think as well, judging from last season, the last time we were both in a cup final against each other, I know we had hazard. But that game Yeah, you also one, had one way as well. player in goal. He was actually played your best in the final. He was your best player though that game, I would say. He probably kept you in it. He made some great saves that game. He made a great save in the first half, definitely. I remember that. Um, Also, Arsenal's record at Wembley is a joke. Your record against us in cup finals at Wembley is a joke, personally. I mean, (laughs) you you look at... 2002, was it? When my heart was broken for the first time when we got to the Freddy. Cup, and Ray Cup final. Yeah. Big man Ray Parler with a go. They scored almost identical goals, didn't they? Just kind of like curled into the far corner. Um, and then... And then Wenger told Parler he couldn't have a drink afterwards. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I thought it was cut and dry. Chas just won the Premier League with an absolutely walk it against Arsenal in the Cup final and we lost that. So... <laughs> Who knows is the answer, really. Do you know it's the same referee from that day as well? Oh, God. Well, sent Moses off for diving. To be fair, that he should have been. I, was, I haven't forgiven him for that. <laughs> Anthony Taylor. It's an awful dive. He deserved it. The one who struggles to keep up with the game. But yeah, I personally think it will be high scoring because our defences are both shambles. Hey. Um, not in the FA Cup. 
<laughs> I reckon it'll be probably 3-2 Chelsea. I'll touch wood here. Don't think you're scoring three. The Kepa's going to have to hold some lick, I tell you. If he <laughs> starts. Coffee's not he's not going to start. It'll be Caballero. And Willie. Caballero, he doesn't want and, that smoke. And you've just conceded three against Watford. No, two against Watford, sorry. My mistake. In a meaningless I, game. Yeah, I suppose. But And we played only to two at four at the back. Yeah. Staffy is out though, which I didn't think I'd find myself being upset about <laughs> until I saw Rob Holden once again. Yeah, but he put up absolute masterclass against us in the cup final last time. Yes, but we're gonna have either one of Kalasanach or Rob Holding there, so Yeah, fair point. Yeah, again it's to be the business. I don't really fear us not scoring because I think we've got enough going forward. I just feel that I fear you scoring because our defence has been really bad of late. I would also like to officially uh, retract my invite for you to come round to my house. (laughs) So I was feeling a bit braver yesterday. I I, I read that... I read that sentence and I thought, he does not mean this. This is getting revoked very quickly. (laughs) We were were, were 3-0 up. I was hyped up. (laughs) (laughs) It went to 3-2. Second goal goes in. No, it's not happening. Jack did say he was going to be nasty, so I hope he knows. He's giving you a prior warning. He's opened the door back up there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I remember... Didn't you try and call me after the last time you won the FA Cup against us? And I was it doesn't festival. sound like me. Yeah, it does sound like you. On the so, way, on the way to Groves winning a world title, top three best day ever. We were strolling through Sheffield. Yeah, <laughs> I saw Cal Brook have his eye punched in. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a first bit of silverware for someone. So we'll actually, no Lampard has a few runners up medals actually. Um fuck's sake. But we'll get there. Hey, I quite like Lampard. Is is our is Arteta won anything as a player? Yeah, he won an FA Cup. <laughs> oh, is that I get was that against Hull that one? Pretty sure we knocked Chelsea out en route to the final that year, so let's not get your cheek, your lip. <laughs> hey Jack, you're talking to a top you're talking to a top eight side there. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, let's talk about uh, the trophy Spurs have won, shall we? <laughs> yeah, the Asian Cup. Yeah, we can go and have a run. That I find it was uh, the last phenomenal. time Spurs won a trophy. Alex was a United fan. Uh, <laughs> as it, as I've, 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 yeah, I've, I've looked at it and I thought Chelsea have delivered me some great times in my lifetime. Most cup finals we've played in, we've won. Obviously, the big emissions is losing to Spurs in the League Cup final 2008. <laughs> <laughs> and then the two the losses and the two losses against Arsenal in the FA Cup finals the, apart from like the Champions League finals the only real finals I can really remember is losing I, I will say before you cancel any plans probably about Thursday I'll feel brave again yeah. I'll message you but just don't cancel any plans because Saturday morning <laughs> I'll probably feel differently I just find it weird we're going to see our first FA Cup final without a crowd in it it's going to be you just used to love seeing the half and half. You usually, stadium. hardly have yeah. a crowd in the FA Cup final anyway, because it all goes to the businesses. Yeah, that is true. It's like you get like a ticket allocation of like sixteen thousand per team in a ninety thousand seat stadium. I just find it ridiculous. I'm excited. So- More, it'll soon change to 
fear. Dread. I think we have more to lose because I think that if Lamps gets a trophy in his first season, they'll laud him as like FA Cup win and top four in his first season at Chelsea. Whereas Arteta, it's kind of like they're shit anyway. So if they lose another game, what's the point? <laughs> it's a rebuilding process as it is. Whereas yeah. we're kind of yeah. we we're getting some big names coming in in the summer. Next season's going to be right. One of you finishing third, pushing top two, etc. That's going to be the expectation with these signings. Whereas Arsenal next season is probably. We've seen what Lampard really thought same. about these youngsters, anyway. Straight out the door the second he had the chance. I think it's competition. I think again this is good because we've got Sora Arsenal fan claiming we could get Mason Mount for twenty million, so there you go. That's what Twitter does to you. Of all the players that could be out, I think he's the one that will retain his place. I think this is tenor for Hudson Adoy. I'll have that on the record. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be singing She Wore a Yellow Ribbon around seven thirty on Saturday. I wish it could be a three o'clock kickoff. So yeah, yeah. At least I could kind of get out of the way with. Huh. I remember a couple of years back, we were going to play Spurs in the final, and I think I said that I would rather us not reach the final than play them because I wouldn't have been able to take it. You did say <laughs> that, yeah. Because you said the same thing of uh, when I said about us playing them in the Champions League final. You said, yeah, I would literally just rather just not be there than have yeah. to potentially face them. I mean, little do you know. Spurs did a Spurs, so. <laughs> but I think that just about wrapped us up, unless anyone else has anything they want to get off their chest before we uh, call it a day. I think I'll our ask chests as are always. Empty. I'll ask as always, uh, Jack, Alex, which do you prefer, Shaun of the Dead or The Hangover? Uh, Shaun of the Dead by an absolute country mile. Bloody hell, country mile. Jesus. Yeah. It's cold. Jesus. It's British. I've cult. seen some disrespect for The Hangover this year. No, I disrespect. I, I think. I might watch that is, tonight. Actually, I think the Hangovers is like great three films, and I like the fact that with the third they made something completely different of it. It wasn't just a copy. It's only of the, the first, first though. It's only the first we're taking into account. So it's just okay. straight up Hangover One against Shaun of the Dead. I think like it's 2010. You're with your mates. It's year 10. You go and see it. It's class. It comes out on DVD just before Christmas. Everyone raves about it. It's like the film of the year. Whereas Shaun of the Dead stands the test of time. Where I could still watch. I watch it like three, four times a year, easily. I've not watched it since about 08, so about two you know, tomorrow, I think. Actually, Wednesday, I'll rewatch it. So. And the fact that Sean, um, yeah, Simon Pegg's from Gloucester, went to Brockworth. He's from school. Brockworth, not yeah. from Gloucester. <laughs> and, it's, and he still makes dead like, films, so. Like Scouts, not English, that from Byron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, um, do you know what? It's, that is. I'm gutted that it's those two that have been pinned against each other because I think it's, it's a really tough draw. It's it is a, a really draw. tough draw. It's it's like it's that it's one of those Champions League nights where you've got so many like two games, two game options in front of you, and you just they're both going to be <laughs> absolute ballers. Um, but the um, I feel like Hangover get is suffers from the fact that it had sequels. Um, so and well, I do, think you, do you remember when the flat. second came out and you didn't invite me? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. No. It's taken that person out. I don't remember that either. You were there. I do. There's a photo. No, I wasn't. No, Alex. Look, you look sure? Look at the photo again. I didn't get the invite. <laughs> what year did it come out? What year did it come out? <laughs> what have you been about 2012? No, oh, we hated him then, yeah. Was it? No, I didn't. Look back at it, Alex. 
well, maybe we just hadn't really. Well, if uh, the only reason I wouldn't have invited you is because I probably didn't know you then, and that's a fair enough. Well, you did. As soon as you did, you as did. soon as you did, as soon as you did, as soon as I knew who you were, straight in. You knew Alex. Honest debate, and oh god. If you I do remember us all that, saying, "Thank God he wasn't there." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I'd have brought that average up in the photo. <laughs> <laughs> probably could have done when he'd be in there. Uh, I, anyway. yeah, if you have to twist my hand, I, I'd have to go Sean of the Dead. If you had to twist my hand, but that is well, no, take enough of the Friday, way you'll find out which progresses to the next round. So thanks again for listening to another episode of the Spitballing Pod. Hopefully you've enjoyed today's episode and it's not just been too much bickering. It's kind of what happens when you have Alex and Jack here, I think. <laughs> thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week talking about Liverpool's transfer business through the years, the best Spanish player to ever play in the Premier League, and much, much more. And Mike Tyson coming back for a fight, so there we go. Plenty to look forward to next week. We'll be back. Good night. <laughs>